No, it's not 2008 again. You're not in a time warp. Mortgages back in the news, and this will make your stomach sink. More bad news. Bobby and I are going to talk about mortgages on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you from my mom's half-finished basement outside of Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihai. And this is the money news show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break them down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. This episode is brought to you by the Stacking Benjamins podcast, Joe's side project. I've heard of it. A little side project. Yeah, you got a side hustle, Joe. If you're looking for the greatest money show on earth, a financial circus, look for Stacking Benjamins wherever you are listening to this podcast. How about that, Joe? It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. Yes. Uh, Everyone needs a little side hustle, little (laughs) little change on the side, a little plan B. If, right? this, if this money with friends thing doesn't work out, I've always got to fall back. This big money maker do. called money with friends. Yeah. You and I do. I don't know about your co-host there, but. <laughs> Sketchy. Uh-oh. I'm going to get in trouble. Shot across the bow. You OG. <laughs> hey, uh, mortgages back in the news. So let's get into it. Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Lacey from the Military Money Show. Money headlines explain six days a week. That can only mean you are tuned in to Money with Friends. This piece comes to us from Market Watch and is written by Keith Juro. And it's a fairly long uh, story. And and Bobby, as you know, because you and I uh, have read this piece, a lot of history here. So for those of you not familiar with the history of the housing bubble and what happened, and uh, then therefore why this opinion piece, uh, uh, Mr. Juro is pretty afraid of where we are right now. You'll definitely want to read the whole thing. We'll have it on our Twitter feed and on the uh, and on the um, uh, our Instagram feed. But yeah. uh, the opinion here: jumbled mortgages are haunting the housing market, and things could get really scary. Uh, Keith writes, the U.S. housing market crash a dozen years ago is evidently ancient history for many mortgage lenders. Mortgage underwriting standards have eased considerably in the past couple of years. One of the largest U.S. mortgage originators now offers a jumbo mortgage of up to $1 million with only 10% down if you have a FICO score of at least 760. Borrowers who can scrape up a down payment of between 30 and 40% might be able to receive up to $3 million. One smaller lender is now offering home buyers a loan as high as $2 million with a FICO score as low as 640. This score was considered subprime during the bubble years in the early 2000s. Such favorable terms indicate a confidence that housing markets are in decent shape and there is nothing on the horizon to worry about. Indeed, the consensus view now is that jumbo mortgage delinquencies have been steadily declining and no longer pose any threats. In reality, Jumbo mortgages, loans that exceed the guarantees set by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are a jumbo-sized problem. And we did, before we get into this, just so that we know the numbers that we're talking about, I did look up what the numbers are because they have changed over the past few years. The value of a jumbo mortgage does vary by state and even by county, but the FHFA sets the conforming loan limit size for different areas. So that's a non, um, you have to be under these numbers to get a non-jumbo mortgage. Um, As of 2019, the limit was set at 
$484,350 for most of the country. Um, and that was increased um, from 453 the previous year. So it's gradually um, going up. For counties that have higher home values, <clears throat> New York City, the baseline limit is set at 726525 So jumbo is anything above that number, 726 basically. Just so people know what we're talking about when we say jumbo mortgages. There also is a chart showing the uh, the, the average mortgage in, in dollar amount. Back in 2004, it was $539,000. Today, it's over a million dollars for a jumbo mortgage. Um, does this, and by the way, that's for refinances. For purchases, original purchases, $900,000. I don't get it. I I seriously don't get it. I understand why there are people always going to be people out there that if you can loan them more money, they will take it and they'll default on it. But but bankers doing this like, why? well, you know, I think that this. Yeah, it's it's they're looking to make loans and it's been very challenging because rates are lower and they've stayed. stayed so you don't have as much refinancing as you maybe used to have. So they're constantly looking to fund things. And that's where a lot of things went wrong. Historically, if you look at that, they were the bad guys very often in the housing bubble because they were loaning money to people that when the rates adjusted and it talks in this piece a little bit about interest only mortgages, which can be the right product for some people, but very often aren't is not. It depends on what your goals are and what your financial sophistication level is and how much maybe back of a backstop you have. But these are sold to people more than they are bought, I think. And very often people are told by prof professionals and quote advisors what they can afford. And then they look for a house in that budget rather than thinking, okay, what do I really want to be paying for a home? Not just in a monthly payment, but also as a general owner, what do you, what kind of value of a home do you really need? And while it's been hard for some areas that um, there seems to be less interest in these monster mega, you know, I guess you call them McMansions in the younger generation than there used to be in our generation, Gen X. Um, it's important to not, you don't have to get the biggest house, even if you can't afford it. It's funny. I'm, you know, I'm a guy who usually uh, has had the opinion, and I say this a lot, that I think that a lot of the, you know, um, check the fees and uh, and 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 what um, uh, uh, your advisor's uh, point of view, your advisor ripping you off, like this is all overstated. But in this particular case, I don't think, I don't think it is because if you don't, there's so much money at stake. Like I love watching these, these, uh, shows, um, uh, uh, the millionaire listing shows. Do you like the millionaire listing shows? I love that. Ryan Serhant was a guest on uh financial grown up. I think he was a guest on you guys on stacking Benjamins too, right? He was, we had so much yeah. fun talking to Ryan. It was such a blast. And, uh, you know, and I follow Josh Altman out on the West Coast on mm -hmm. on Instagram, and these guys are so cocky, and they're so full of themselves, and it's just so fun. By the way, Ryan's book is phenomenal. By the way, very good selling techniques. If oh. you are in sales, which we all are, effectively, whatever you do, you're in sales. He's good. He even has a show, sell it like Sir Hand. I mean, he's really good. I can't. I can't recommend him th th that book more. I've I've given yeah. that book as gifts a lot. Yeah. Um, which, which I don't often do, but, but, but I'll say this, when you look at the amount of money that guys like Ryan make on a single sale, 
right? When you're talking about houses this big, the mortgage people make a ton of money and Mm -hmm. so do the realtors. And my goal is to make this transaction happen. So Mm -hmm. even though it might be in your best interest with that much money on the line, you got to start with your goal. You have to start with what can I afford and do your own homework because the bank's not going to do your homework for you, Bobby. And 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 your your mortgage lender uh, is not going to calculate what you can personally afford. They will say, well, a guideline is this, but a guideline and your budget are, can be two totally different things. Right. And there's a lot of stakeholders when you are going through a real estate transaction that will all attend the closing in person waiting for their checks. And then you are the only one left with that monthly payment. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's so. very happy you bought the house and they go away. Good point. And you're yeah, the one. And they always just... tell you you'll feel better. I mean, and and look, it is true. I remember I almost had a heart attack my second one because it was a, you know, it was a one bedroom. I bought it on my own. I was single at the time and I was really having a hard time, even though actually there wasn't, there really wasn't much of a loan. But um, the psychological idea of just, you know, owning this, you know, it was a very grown up apartment. It wasn't like a tiny little starter one like my first one. And the real estate agent said to me, he's like, you know what? When all the hubbub is over, trust me, you will feel better. And that wasn't really true. I was still like, oh my God, this is a big deal. I mean, I and I, I definitely, like I said, this wasn't even close to leveraged at the time um, because I'd been very fortunate the way the market had gone and so on. But they just want to get you through it. Yeah. And it doesn't matter, by the way, I know this particular piece we're talking about, guys, is about jumbo mortgages. This is any size mortgage. I mean, any size mortgage, once that mortgage paperwork is signed, they have their money, they're gone. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that, uh, my, my real estate professional we used a year ago to buy this house in the Detroit area, um, uh, has remained a friend of mine, but we don't talk about the house. We don't talk about the purchase anymore. We, we just talk about the Detroit Red Wings and how bad they stink. Um, I, I, I'm the one, like you said, so eloquently that just has to pay every month has to continue to pay the mortgage and lives in, lives in the house. Boy, no matter this is probably for most people, Bobby, the biggest transaction. I can't think of any transaction bigger unless you're a business owner. That's going to be bigger than buying a house. It is. And like I said, you are, everyone else has a stake in the transaction happening, but you are the only one that carries the risk of the wrong decision. And um, look, moving this away from jumbo mortgages, it has become more commonplace now to have these lower percentage down transactions. And there's a lot of people that are incentivized to do that because they want the real estate deals to happen. And very often, by the way, in for with goodwill because they want, you know, lower income areas to have people become homeowners with the best intentions. But sometimes when you say, okay, I'm only going to have three, we're going to let you do it with 3% down. And, you know, at one point before the housing crisis, they wouldn't even check if you had the income to support it. And um, these transactions would go through. And even with well-meaning people, they're saying, okay, their monthly payments can be lower than if they were renting and it's going to give them stability and it's going to help the neighborhood and all good things you're still the one left with the burden of something you may not have been able to afford. And so you're the one that has to live with that. So it's important to understand leverage and whether you have enough of a backstop. Later on, And also you pay more insurance, by the way. Right. Yeah. Uh, later on this piece, by the way, Keith uh, talks about widespread fraud by investors was a major contributor to the housing market's boom and bust. I remember those days uh, and it wasn't 
by investors, by the people buying the houses, there was fraud on the, I mean, the, the mortgage lenders that I knew were encouraging people to do fraud because they knew they, they knew where I remember talking to a couple of these people. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're really telling my client. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You don't have to have yeah. income verification. You don't really don't. I'll take care of it. I'll fill out the forms for you. You just sign here. No problem. And the other thing is that very often with the refinancing that we see and refinancing is a good thing if the math works and the rates are lower. And you know, if you're in a higher interest rate and you can lower that, that is all good. But what a lot of people do, and again, there are reasons for it and that's fine, but it's still a trend to watch. They take out more money than they originally borrowed. So if you had $500,000 out, you take 100,000 out of the equity of the home. Absolutely, there are good reasons to do that, of course, but it's just a trend, just noted. You and I saw this and we've done a story on this on about the car market, about yeah. uh, the number of people upside down in their car because they'll roll the Mount the O on one car into the next car. And now they have a car that's worth $20,000 and they have a $40,000 car loan. Like it mm-hmm. gets ugly for people yes. uh, if if you don't do the math yourself, just because you can get into a better place and the people tell you, hey, look at this beautiful house. I mean, how, how great is that? Hey, you could live in this neighborhood. You could you do this and the bank will approve you. What do you think? Yes. No. So, so Joe, before we get to the takeaways, I do have something that I have to tell you. Oh, boy. So I was at a speaking event last night in the Washington, D.C. area and had a great crowd there. And when it was over, someone came rushing up. She had to tell me something. She Well, she wanted to share something with me. Do you know what it was? No. She is your number one fan. <laughs> she said, I can't believe. She sat through the whole thing. She knew who I was. She came purposefully to meet me. And she said, you work with Joe Salci. Oh, <laughs> Dream and come true said, for you. Yeah, and she said, um, and and tell me, is he really in his mom's half-finished basement? And you said? Obviously, Shaw. right? Obviously. Yes. Isn't, isn't it, I think I said, isn't it obvious? <laughs> That's so funny. It's true. You have a lot of fans. That's so great. Yeah, and you're rolling your eyes the whole time. <laughs> yes, I get to work with him every day. Yes. Well, I well, and we first met because I had a book coming out, and I just knew that the number one stop for any financial expert, any author really is the Stacking Benjamins show. So I'm very proud to be associated with you. And I'm proud that Stacking Benjamins is sponsoring this episode of Money with Friends. Well, thanks, man. It is my side project. This is the important project. The um, The show is live Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's, it is uh, where you and I go over headlines. Um, we cover, OG and I cover a couple headlines. We have a guest on and we, uh, we answer questions, but mostly what we do is just try to make ourselves laugh. So it is clearly meant to be a circus. If you're looking for hard hitting news, this is much more hard hitting than what we do on Stacky Benjamin. So, but if you're looking for light surround sound, SB is a, is a fine place to go hang out. But you might actually learn something. That's the thing is that you, you make it a lot of fun, but there's actually a lot of knowledge happening painlessly just don't tell anybody because you'll ruin our reputation if you do well i encourage everyone to check out stacking benjamins it is in all the places that you listen to podcasts including wherever you're listening to this one what's your takeaway bobby (laughs) my takeaway is that you are going to you 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 homebuyer you are going to be the one who owes the money so really think about whether you want to be in as much debt as you are taking on. We talk a lot about student loans. Well, you know, there's a real purpose for that. Of course, it stinks to have student debt, but you get an education and, and, you know, you can evaluate whether whether that's worth it. A lot of times you have a lot more variable 
choices when you're looking for a home. You can adjust your budget and think about what's important to you. And it might be to have the mega home and you're cool with the jumbo mortgage or maybe being very leveraged. And that's a choice. You're a grown up. You can make that. Um, but in most cases, like I said, you can control that. Um, and think about the fact, here's a little New York City wisdom. Co-ops here, you have to put 20% down. And then a lot of these sort of old school, really high-end buildings, not the new flashy ones, the condos that are coming up. That's a whole different thing. But the old school, you know, fancy, fancy Park Avenue, whatever, Sutton Place apartments, a lot of them require 50% down. So that's what the old money is saying. And a lot of those apartments have been in families for generations and they're looking for stability and for people that are not stretching to buy those apartments. So maybe pay attention to that a little bit too. Yeah, it's great. I mean, if, if it's good for them, think about the wisdom behind that, right? Right. They don't want someone highly leveraged coming into their building because what if they as a building have an unexpected expense? They want someone that has a strong financial foundation. Bobby always writes her uh, writes her big idea, her takeaway down. I generally don't, but this one was so important. I took after my friend Bobby and I wrote it down because of the fact that I think it. I th- oh, uh, uh, I get I, I get very frustrated when I read pieces like this that history is going to repeat itself. So. My writing here says, history repeats itself. You don't have to be old enough to have lived through the Great Depression to get the point that cash is king. You don't have to have lived through the tech wreck to know there's no new economy and the numbers still matter and profits still matter. And you don't have to have been foreclosed on in 2008 to know that overextending yourself mortgage-wise, no matter what a banker says, is a horrible horrible idea and seeing that people are taking the bait again bobby drives me crazy yeah look out for yourself guys uh where do people help us make the show bobby they can first of all join us here on youtube where we are transitioning here in 2020 we're still on facebook at times but you can go to youtube and just search for money with friends and you can also follow us on instagram we post quizzes and polls and if you can't be here with us live you can be part of the show that way as well. By the way, the handle there is at Money Friends Pod. It is the same handle as on Twitter. This is the beginning of our uh, our break week, which this week, starting tomorrow, Bobby is going to feature somebody who's from one of our past seasons, and then I will be also. And then at the end of this week, we're going to have our big reveal of who's joining us starting in the following week uh, for season three. And yes. we've got some pretty exciting. We had some pretty awesome people in season yeah, it's a, it's one. It's a tough crowd to beat the last two seasons. I, know, I don't know. Very awesome good. this last one. But I'm looking at season three going, it's happening again. History is yeah. going to repeat itself. We're going to have some real fun. So, it's a pretty amazing group. I'm really excited. Bobby, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you later in the week. I'm Joe. She's Bobby. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast. 
without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.